Hello, this is Brian from Saxon, and you're watching CMS TV. Aiken presents and I of course am Chris Aiken and uh, I love days when I get to talk to legends and legendary bands that makes my life a lot of fun um, brand new release from Saxon the the legendary Saxon Hellfire Hellfire and Damnation you gotta yeah, space it out <laughs> and here to talk about it as well as uh, him joining the band and everything else is the the legendary guitarist himself Mr. Brian Tatler. Brian, how are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, thank you, Chris. Nice to see you again. Yes, good to see you as well, man. It's it's weird to not uh, be introing this as the legendary guitarist of Diamond Head, you know? I'm, mm. It's how I've done yeah. it every other time. <laughs> That's right. We've done that before. We've done that, though. This is different now. That's We've, right. Something else. <laughs> right on. Well, let's, let's start there, Brian, and I won't dig too deep into this, but... Uh, Tell me a little bit about joining Saxon. I mean, obviously you are so well known for Diamond Head. I mean, you're mm. the, you've been the face of Diamond Head as long as I've known you, which is 20 whatever years. So, yeah, yeah. and and obviously longer than that. So, talk about joining joining a band like Saxon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing Diamond Head since 1976 when I've been right. uh, on the band. But yes, uh well, in 2022, I uh I got a phone call to say would I be interested in uh, helping Saxon out, learning the set? Because they said, Paul, Paul's got COVID uh, and we've got a gig coming up like a week away. So I started learning the set. I said, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, and then they found up and said, he's okay. He's going to be able to do the gig. But I suppose that was the introduction. And at least they knew then that I was willing to learn the set and, and help them out, I think. So then come six months later some something like that in march of last year uh, the management phoned and said paul quinn is stepping down from saxon uh, so would i be interested in taking over and doing all the gigs uh, and at, at first they said he's still going to be you know doing the album and blah 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 mm -hmm. but he's not going to do the gigs he doesn't want to tour anymore 
So I, I immediately said yes. I thought, what a fantastic opportunity, you know, to join a band like Saxon. Because we've done a lot of gigs with Saxon. We've done about 40 gigs opening okay. for Saxon. So we've got to know what goes on and uh, see them and uh, see the, you know, the op operation around Saxon. And, uh, you know, it's a much bigger deal than, than Diamond Head. So I, I was totally up for the challenge and uh, the opportunity to to move up the ladder a little bit. Uh, so that that was it. So I just started learning the material off, off YouTube and off Spotify. And then come July, the first gig was in Athens and uh, a big festival opening for Deep Purple. So what a fantastic start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how was it for you or how much did you have to adapt your playing style because you've obviously you know i'm both bands have been around for a really long time but both mm -hmm. nobody listens to saxon and thinks they're here in diamond head or vice versa so mm -hmm. i'm assuming you had to adapt how you play and how you hold notes and stuff to the Saxon yeah. sound no a little bit the the one thing i had to really work on was the right hand technique the down fast down picking because it's quite a bit of that and I'm not really that good at that. I'm, you know, I'm okay, I suppose. But uh, it was it was an area where I felt I could get better and more accurate. So I've been working on the right hand um, with a metronome and, and trying to get that faster. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Saxon and Diamond are massively different stylistically. It's not like, say, joining, uh, you know, Slayer or something like right. that. You know, there'd be a lot of different techniques. Uh, so I th I thought I was a pretty good fit. Uh, they must have done the same. They must have thought, I'd, A, I'd be able to do it, and B, I'd be able to bring something to the table. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was uh, it's it's working out really well. Um, I'm, uh, I've seemed to have fit in, fitted in okay, and I've not seen negative comments, you know. Most, sure. people seem to think, most people seem to think, yeah, it's a good, it's a good move, it's a good, I'm a good choice, which is flattering for me. You know, I, I would, I, I don't want to let the side down. <laughs> right. How how comfortable is it for you to be one of the guys instead of the guy? <laughs> yes, no pressure. Um, I don't have to make all the big decisions. It, the book doesn't stop with me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm not necessarily an alpha male leader. You know, I don't have to be in charge. I'm happy to pass on uh, responsibility. Uh, so, yeah, Biff is obviously in charge of Saxon, and so everybody does pretty much what Biff wants, and uh, because he deserves it, the respect to the man. You know, he's been doing it for forty five years or more, and uh, you know, don't very uh, you know 24 albums that's like uh, at least 250 songs or something right. you have to write and the thousands of gigs that had to play you know so i i'm ha happy where i am i i, I like it um, and and I've, I've got dog as my you know partner in in the band and and dog and i you know play well together and get on well together so that's nice as well that guitar two twin guitar you know balance and feel that that works really well right on 
Well, let's dig into the record a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little lost on what your involvement was. Were Were you in for the writing? Were you not in for the writing? Where Where did you fall, and how did the record come together? Okay, so I, I as I say, I started lending the live set in March, mm-hmm. and then probably about May June, Biff called and said, uh, "We're going to do a new album. So if you've got any material, send it over." So I did because, of course, I've got material because I'm constantly trying to write and just had a couple of years of COVID where I spent a lot of time writing at home, uh, making demos. And so I sent him everything. Well, you know, most of the the good stuff. And um, he said, yeah, I like this and I like that. And so he picked three songs that he liked that he could, he thought could fit the band and that he could fit lyrics to. Because I think sometimes he's got a lyric in mind uh, but he just looks for the right music to marry it up with. And uh, so um, we did Hellfire and Damnation, uh, Madame Guillotine and 1066. Uh, the others that already got that either come from, you know, Nibs or, or Dog or, or, you know, N- Nigel. And, uh, and then it was just a case of we had to get together uh and work on the details or you know my songs got rearranged bits were taken out chop change and then uh you know we had to rehearse them and and uh, before we could start recording the drums you know we had to iron out any any little discrepancies but um yeah it, it's uh i was flattered really i didn't expect to be asked to write i mean they obviously knew i could write because i've written sure. i've co-written all the diamond Dead songs uh but I, I, you know, at first I thought I was the touring guitarist, but it turned out they wanted some songs anyway. Then, so Biff was happy to uh, to uh, to involve me in the writing. Sure. How was that for you? Because you know, and I've I've chatted with you numerous times in the past, where you've told me you kind of hear all the pieces as you're writing. You know, you, you've told me that in the past. That had to be weird to submit something and have something that you're not hearing added to it, no? Uh, no, I think it's okay because ultimately the singer has got to do what the singer's got to do. And so they, you kind of hand it over a little bit to the singer because if he's, he's got to then sing on it. So if he wants a different middle eight or a different ending or a different key then that's that's what it's got to be in order to get this song across the line i have to relinquish you know any control to the singer and i've always done that with you know with sean we co-wrote and he'd say i don't like that bit and change this bit and that needs a chorus but uh yeah it's not just i produce a finished product and you have to leave it alone I i just produce what i do and then it's it's it goes to the next level, which is you kind of start finishing it off. Right on, man. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Brian. Let's take a little break here. We're gonna we're gonna let people hear the song "Hellfire and Damnation." We're gonna play a little bit of the video. What can you tell us about this song and about the video specifically? Uh, do you mean uh, well? The, as I say, you know, I co-wrote the music mm-hmm. uh, and um uh biff did the lyrics so uh it's just it's like a battle between good and evil kind of lyric um and i think it's turned out really well i mean it's 
It's very riffy. It's got a good, powerful, you know, pulse to it. I, I would imagine it'll be the opening song when we start playing live. Um, so, yeah, great. And we did a video in Manchester for it, which turned out really well with loads of, you know, fire and, and, right. <laughs> and damnation. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> right on. Well, let's check it out right now. It is Hell, Fire, and Damnation. It is Saxon. And uh, we'll be right back in a minute with more of Chris Aiken Presents. Right back here on Chris Aiken Presents, we are chatting with Brian Tatler, the the new guitarist of Saxon, which just sounds bizarre to me. But <laughs> but um, yeah. but Brian, uh, it, it's such a great record. Honestly, it it really. I, I've said this for a long time. This is long before you joined the band, but this second tier of Saxon from about ninety nine till now, so it's a good long stretch. Yeah. To me, is the best era of Saxon. I know there's the the people that you know love the denim and leather era. They have been on just an unbelievable roll for 25 yeah. years. Heavier, stronger, faster. It's not supposed to be that way when you guys get older. It's to slow <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I think there's just a lot of drive in the band. You know, Biff is is a he's it's a driver. He he wants to keep going. He's um, he won't, he won't rest till till he's done everything he, he possibly can with Saxon. And uh, so that energy and that, you know, that drive comes across. And everybody just wants to, uh, you know, provide Biff with as much music as possible so that he can keep coming up with, with you know, song ideas and, and keep taking it forward. And, and of course, it, it's always been about lot playing it live, hasn't it? Biff, Biff said yeah. a lot of the songs were written to play live. And so you always bear that in mind. You're trying to up the tempos and keep it exciting and write songs that, that will work, you know, be and, and come across live. So everybody gives Spiff as much material as possible. And uh, he, he then selects the ones he likes best. Right on. Well, I got to tell you, the one I like best is Fire and Steel. What a what a great song. Super guitar heavy song. I love it. Tell me a little bit about this one. Uh, yeah, great. Um, this, this is a really fast song, isn't it? This is one of the fastest songs on the album. And uh, th I think this started life as a Nibs song. So um, uh, I don't know that much about it because I, was, I wasn't involved in the writing quite okay. so much. I probably made a, a few suggestions here and there. But uh, this is mainly the rest of the guys, this song. I, I think this song was pretty much already written 
when uh, you know I I became got on board. You jumped in, as, sure. As far as I know, Biff is always wanting to work on songs. You know, in any any bits of downtime, mm -hmm. he starts thinking about the next record and and getting material together and getting lyrics together rather right than on. waste waste any time. Yeah, sure. Now, now, Brian, you mentioned um, Doug a little bit earlier, um, Doug Scarrett, and it's always, at least from my knowledge of you guys, you musician guys, it's always a feel-out process when you do a two-guitar thing, yeah. and somebody, you know, when you guys merge together, it takes a little bit to find your place, and yeah. I'm going to take this lead, you're going to take that lead, or, or who's yeah. going to develop the lead for a song? Yeah. How long did it take you to get comfortable playing with Doug? Well, Doug is one of the nicest blokes you could possibly meet. He's okay. so easygoing. So uh, I, I think it's a case of, of everybody just agrees, right, that's Doug's solo and then, and then this is my solo or vice versa. Uh, and there's no argument. Everybody's, okay, that's fine. Um and and uh, that's it really you know doug does his thing we've got slightly different styles um we, but that's the way it should be really and sure. uh, it's great you know the way doug plays and the way he, he he came up with a lot of the little overdub parts where you you add a little trick before the vocal comes in or something uh so he, he's he's just really good at that and he's he uses the tremolo more than i do so that's one of his his sort of styles and things that he he likes uh, you, i'm probably a bit bluesier than sure than, yeah do you think that the two of you make each other better players just because you do come from different places i would imagine so yes um you know, it's probably a tiny bit of competition. We would, we want to outdo each other if possible, and that's <laughs> right. that sort of thing is healthy, isn't it? Really, right? Uh, in the writing process and in uh, in soloing, you know, does Doug does something? I I wonder. Oh, I want to do something good as well. You see, so uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I've not been in the band very long yet, so sure. not not even one year yet. So so I'm probably still finding out about all, all that as well because because of course paul was in the band for like 45 years or right so so to just come in at the last you know the last five minutes or whatever is uh <laughs> right it's, sure it's a different feel at the minute absolutely and, and you know mentioning that i've got to think that you who has such a long heralded history as well i think that might have made it easier for saxon the band than yeah. if they would have brought in some fresh gr young gunslinger to come mm -hmm. in, because that person would have just been murdered by people. By well, how do you replace this guy that doesn't have yeah, yeah. guy that doesn't have history? You have so much history that I think it's almost like a better piece part that fits the band. No, right. I think I'd agree with that, and that was mentioned really that you know there could be thousands of guitarists who could just widdly widdly and play. And, mm. and learn the Saxon, you know, that lots of people could have done this job, but I think they wanted some somebody roughly their own age, British, somebody could write. Um, and with that Nawabaham legacy and credibility that that um, Saxon have and Diamond Head have, it, it just seemed like a, a great idea. Um, 
on paper, you know. So, and and it's, it, I mean, it is working out great. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm you know chuffed to be asked, honoured to be asked to join such a great band. Absolutely. Now, now, Brian, obviously the bread and butter of Saxon is now has always been touring. I'm imagining new record means that there's a new tour and festival season and all that stuff coming up. What mm -hmm. are the plans for 2024 and beyond? At the moment, yeah, it's the Judas Priest tour coming up. That's right. Which is next month, uh, which is in, well, March, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, starts on March 11th in Glasgow. So that's going to be great. They're all massive venues. They're all like 10,000 seater venues. Uh, so that's Saxon. I mean, sorry, Judas Priest, Saxon, and Uriah Heap. That's going to be fantastic. And then we go over to Europe and do do more of the same. Then in, at the end of uh, April, we go to, um, yes, end of April, we go over to the States. Right. And we play a bunch, uh, seven weeks, I think. Okay. Across the US. Um, so that'll be great. I mean, that's the that'll be the longest tour I've ever done. Okay. Uh, so, it's at this at my age to get something <laughs> like that is, is typical, isn't it? <laughs> I yeah. couldn't have done it when I was twenty-one. I go right <laughs> to that. Uh, but to be in a bus as well, so you know, I've never toured the states in a bus. Okay. The first gig I did in the states was two thousand and two. So you know, I missed all the eighties and nineties when right. you know, bands like Maiden and Leopard had already come over and done the business but uh, never mind i'm i'm here i'm here now <laughs> that's great <laughs> well, it's gonna be great to see you you know here in the states i know i'm looking forward to it for sure sure um are, are there songs in the saxon list that you're excited to play and, and I, you know i I know, obviously, you're in the band. You, you're not going to say, well, I don't want to play Denim and Leather. You know, <laughs> I know maybe. that. But yeah, but are there songs that, you know, when when you started working through the set list, even back in 2022, when they would just ask you to fill in, or you're like, man, I can't wait to get out in front of people and rip that lead or rip that solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, you know, some of the songs have been around for a long, such a long time, and I'm so familiar with them anyway, Muse, you know, in my head uh one in particular is motorcycle man i really like that track i've always liked the way that riff goes um and of course 747's killer isn't it and uh, you know um, princess of the night and, and crusader but yeah i mean I, I i enjoy playing all of them it's it's all really exciting and it's fantastic playing with the other guys you know nigel's such a powerful drummer to play with so uh uh, it's great. It's it sounds amazing on stage. It's very loud on stage, and uh, it's very exciting. The crowds are fantastic. We just did a tour of South America, and the crowds are amazing. Uh, I've never toured South America before, but we were sure. doing like Brazil and Argentina and Mexico, and uh, it was it was amazing. This is maybe a dumb question, maybe not. But now that you're actually out there playing these shows with Saxon. Are you realizing that the band Saxon is bigger and more popular than maybe you thought they were when you were asked to join? No, um, I had a good idea because we, we've probably done about 40 shows with Saxon over okay. the years. So I had a pretty good idea and I've watched them on YouTube and, 
you know, I watched them when they played Wacken. We were on at Wacken with them. We were on like in a tent, um, on, you know, in the afternoon and they were headlining the, uh, the main stage. So I know how big they are, really. Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to get a few surprises along the way. But, uh, I mean, you know, I didn't accept the, the job without a clue as to what I'm getting myself into. Sure. Uh, I've already got a, a good idea of, of how it all operates and what what they're like as people and, and the setup. So I I just thought, yeah, it's going to be great. And it is. I mean, I've done, I think I've done 18 shows so far. Okay. And they've all been great. So it's, you know, onwards and upwards. Absolutely. Well, I'm thrilled that you're in the band because you're one of the good guys in the, in the business itself. You're one of the good guys in the business. So it's great to see one of the good guys get with one of the, with, you know, four other good guys that I know known over the years. So new record is a hellfire and damnation. It is Saxon and uh, Brian, um, we're going to wrap this one up with, uh, there's something in Roswell to, to give people one more little taste of what's going on with you guys. So tell us a little bit about this song to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, this is, uh, the song about aliens, isn't it? Or, you know, um, area 51 in, uh, Nevada, is it, um, New Mexico. And, uh, the, again, this, this began life as a nibs track. And, uh, I play in like an octave part. It starts with a, with a single note thing, but it's got an octaver on it. Uh, and then the, the, uh, the you know that super powerful riff comes in around it. It's great to play live. It's so it's so groovy. It's a fantastic groove, um, and I, it's got a nice video as well to it. I think this this one. Um, it, it came out as a single a, a few weeks ago ahead of the release of the album, and uh, everybody seemed to be enjoying it. So yeah, yeah, great. We I think we filmed the video in. Um, in Brazil when we're over there recently and then they've added you know extra footage of of, of aliens and, and right things like that you mean there weren't really aliens there well <laughs> rubber things with big eyes you know. <laughs> right well let's check it out right now there's something in Roswell it is Saxon and Brian thanks so much for joining me once again on Chris Aiken Presents you're welcome Chris I've enjoyed myself thanks for having me ever-evolving world of music, 
artists need to reach their audience faster than ever before. Introducing Too Immersive For You, the Emmy-nominated pioneers in viewership experience. We've revolutionized the way music artists share their material with the world. Our groundbreaking AI engine generates stunning visuals that bring your music to life. Imagine having your own personalized music video, perfectly synchronized to your unique sound in a matter of hours, not weeks. With Too Immersive For You, it's now a reality. Get ready to unlock a new dimension of music visualization. Too Immersive For You, where music meets immersive visuals. Contact us now to discover how Too Immersive For You can elevate your music to new heights www.musicvideoai.net